Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey, we're glad you're with us again for another edition of Growing in Grace. Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. I'm Mike. That guy over there is Joel. That's me. And uh, more New Covenant discussion going on here as we uh, hopefully proclaim some things to you that maybe kind of slipped through the cracks uh, during your church life. We're here to bring you some some really good news that uh, the religious business has overlooked for the most part. Not that we have cornered the the, the market uh, on truth, but uh, I think we're going to be able to provide you with some things uh, in the scripture that will make you feel a little bit better about your eternity, because there's a lot of people going through life, even even people who've been Christians for a long, long time, who often walk around wondering where they stand with God, wondering if they're really going to go to heaven, wondering if they're being punished for something, wondering if they're cursed, uh, you know, just wondering if they're outside of God's umbrella of protection, all kinds of things that bring fear and, and doubt and a bit of disturbance and tribulation. And and, and it shouldn't be that way from within. I, I know in this world we're, we're going to have some struggles and some, some tribulation, but, you know, we, we can be of good courage. Uh, Jesus Christ has overcome the world. But there are people, Joel, who really haven't um, been experiencing the kind of peace that the, the Bible uh, talks to us about through Christ. And so that's what we're here to help bring uh, into your life a little bit, at least, we hope. Yeah, you're talking about a lot of you know things that slip through the cracks. Um, and I just, I, many things in my, in my life uh, had slipped through the cracks, so to speak. I, I remember one time when I was just kind of new in this, really, really learning about the grace of God. And and the new covenant, and I was in church. I would always bring this notepad to church, and I was I would always take notes, write notes as the pastor was was preaching. And I remember this one time specifically where he was up there preaching. I was writing notes, and I it suddenly dawned on me. I realized that everything that I was writing was just exactly the opposite of what he was saying. <laughs> it was like, and that was uh, not necessarily a wake up call for me, but I just I remember realizing that my goodness. Uh, and, and not to put anybody down, because we're not, as as you know from listening, if you've listened to us for any amount of time, we're not church bashers. We're not we're not even legalist bashers. We're not against people. We we want to help to fill in those cracks, and we want to help correct errors. That's really what our goal is here to correct errors, to bring people the good news, so that in, indeed, when you go to a church service or when you go to a Bible study or listen to the radio, it should be the type of message that you feel better about yourself because it's good news. And if you're listening to a message about Christianity that isn't good news, that doesn't make you feel good about yourself, and I'm not talking about a feel-good gospel where everything's just fine and dandy, you know, and all that stuff, That, but it it's just the type of thing where the gospel means good news. And so what we should be hearing is the good news, the gospel that this one-time sacrifice of Jesus took away all sin forever, and that we have been made new. We have new life in Jesus Christ. And so it's not like we're down here on earth struggling to try to become better people and just try, I need to be, I want to be a good Christian. 
but we can rest in what Christ has already done for us and in his life in us. And then uh, day by day, as we grow in that, we understand more and more about his love for us. It becomes more of a—it's really more of a restful life in Christ. It's supposed to be. He said, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. If that's not your experience in your life with God— then you've probably missed the good news somewhere. So that's why we're that's why we're doing this. Yeah, we're coming into Hebrews chapter ten, and uh, we came out of nine with some interesting things that the writer in Hebrews was talking about in regards to a once for all forgiveness. What Jesus was able to accomplish by taking away sin, that the removal of sin was able to occur through His blood, that His blood that was shed one time, and it contrasted. That success it contrasted what the what the high priests under the law could not do with the many sacrifices, and so now we're moving into Hebrews ten, and and it starts out with for the law. So it, it, when you see the, the thought process is continuing, remember uh, the the writer isn't the writer really isn't starting a new chapter here, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, we we subconsciously kind of get that into our head sometimes that even though we we know. Chapters and verses were, were added later on by the translators. Uh, they were looking for a good place to break, I guess. Yeah, he wrote but, chapter nine, went and got a Snickers, some, <laughs> some Pepsi not, or whatever, and came back. Not going anywhere for a chap, while. Chapter 10. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so for the law, continuing on with what's been said so far th- through chapter nine and, and before that, for the law, since it has only a shadow of the good things to come and not the very form of things can never by the same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make perfect those who draw near. So again, the, the repeated sacrifices could not bring perfection, no matter how, how often they were offered, which was consistently, but they couldn't bring perfection by those sacrifices under the law. Otherwise would they not have ceased to be offered? See, if the old sacrifices, the blood of bulls and goats, if, if they could have brought a, people to a place of perfection, then once, I mean, once you're perfect, <laughs> you, I mean, you, you, can't, you can't be unperfect anymore. You can't I mean, you're either perfect that, right? or you're not. Right. And so that's the argument being made here is if they had perfected those sacrifices, if they had perfected those at that time, would they not have ceased to be offered because the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have had a consciousness of sins? But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins year by year, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Yeah, so Joel, I mean, man, I mean, this stuff is so good. Remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount? He was trying to get them in Matthew chapter 5. He wasn't giving them a new list of rules and regulations for the Christian faith. He was giving them the law, uh, the law that came through Moses, and trying to elevate it and show them, you can't do this. You're going to need me. I'm going to be the fulfiller of this law. That's what he was trying to say, because at the end of Matthew 5, he he said, you shall be perfect. If you're going to try to do this thing uh, called the law and the commandments and the rules and the regulations that go along with it, then here's the requirement. You must be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. And so with that in mind, that, that was the requirement, perfection. 
not just improving yourself, not just you know self-improvement and reducing your sin count. That is never going to be good enough. And But there's a lot of people in Christianity that that's the place where they're at, and it's like swimming in quicksand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, you know, check this out with, with what you just read there. Um, the law, along with these sacrifices, which they continually offer year after year, they can't make those who approach perfect. Now, look what he didn't say. He didn't, he, he wasn't even talking about their works making them perfect. Like, it wasn't their changed behavior that would have possibly made them perfect. It would have been these sacrifices. It was, you know, he, he didn't, he, there's nothing in here about changed behavior. He's saying, and again, changed behavior is a good thing. We're not down on that, but that's not what saves us because he would have said, now, if they're, you know, he, he doesn't say it's their changed behavior that would have made them perfect, but it's this blood of bulls and goats that had this chance of making people perfect. But no, it, it wouldn't work. It, it couldn't work. If it did, if the blood of bulls and goats would have made people perfect, they would have ceased. But it wasn't the that sacrifice. The, the blood of bulls and goats couldn't do it. However, the one perfect sacrifice, again, nothing to do with our behavior, that perfect sacrifice of Jesus is the thing uh, that has made us perfect, the thing that has cleansed our consciousness, has cleansed us from a sin consciousness. Again, with this blood of bulls and goats, they would have had no more consciousness of sins if the blood of bulls and goats could have taken away their sins. But like you said here in, in verse 3, there's only a reminder of sin every year. <laughs> how, how, what kind of a life would that be? I mean, you live your life day after day, you know you've committed sins. Oh, but there's this sacrifice that's going to happen, and uh, there's going to be these sacrifices. Uh, well, the sacrifice has happened, and well, all, all it did was remind me of what a dirty, rotten, lousy sinner I am, be because it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. <laughs> so that sacrifice, that covenant, everything that happened on the, under there was completely insufficient. There was nothing about it that uh, made us good or perfect or, or, or to give us a, a clean conscience. Uh, it was only the blood of Jesus. Absolutely true. I remember a friend of mine many years ago who, who kept just saying, and, and I don't even want to go into his background, but uh, it, it was pretty legalistic. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was pretty rough. Even even before I came to understand what grace was, I, even I could recognize how how far out this guy was. But but he was always saying, "We just need more. We just need more sermons on sin. We need more <laughs> sermons on sin." And and now I look back on that and I think, you know, we need more sermons on something that Jesus removed. Mm -hmm, you know, right. as you yeah. said recently, Joel, turning from the activity of sin is is, is always good advice. That that's always going to be a good thing to do. Sin is a bad thing. It's, it's going to hurt you. Stay away from it. You know, I mean, just don't don't pursue it. I mean, that, that's just silly. It's not a part of who you are as a believer in Christ. Uh, and so I, I think that most of us, most who have been listening to us for, for any length of time, understand where we're coming from on that. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, in this situation, you we're asking for, for a sermon on something that, that Jesus has removed. See, there's a better way to do that because that just takes you back to the law. 
like what's being discussed here in Hebrews 10. When you're trying not to sin all the time, guess where that's going to lead you? It's, it's a form of thou shall not just doesn't work. There are new ways now in Christ with, with a brand new heart. We who were once dead now being made alive, there are new ways in us in, in order for us to be able to, to move forward and to live godly in Christ Jesus. And, and much of that has to do with just learning about our identity in him, that we abide in him, that he abides in us. And now we have this thing called the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's a part of our identity. And as we begin to trust his life within, instead of our own ability to try to say no to sin, we're going to be much more successful with the ministry of the Spirit. That's right. That's it's the, the Holy Spirit does far above and beyond what the law could ever do. The law was only a reminder of sins. It only increased sin and all that stuff. And the ministry of the Holy Spirit in us, you know, we, we are one spirit with God, it says, in the New Testament scriptures. We're one spirit with him, and that's what we rely on. Well, have you ever wondered what the will of God is? Oh, God, I just want to be in your perfect will. Well, if you wonder about that, you can either listen to us next week. That would be a good thing. Or you can read Hebrews 10, 5 through 10. Both ways, you'll get the story on God's perfect will will we'll get into that right here next week on growing in grace this has been growing in grace with mike kapler and joel brzezinski heard online through various internet sources around the world each week to access hundreds of past programs visit graceroots.org share it with a friend and listen again next week for more growing in grace